Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we welcome John Martinez. Thank you so very much for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, John. Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us on uh, the podcast today. Um, we've been uh, fans for a while, and um, we would love for you to give our listeners a little more context about who you are and um, the platform that you basically have built, and also just your background in terms of sales training and how that's one real relevant to pretty much everything in life, but most importantly is, uh, as most of our listeners are real estate delegated, that, that how it's transitioned into being a pretty large real estate focus. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been in sales my whole life, um, since uh, my teenage years, really. Uh, got in sales, always been in sales. Uh, over my career, I worked my way up from uh, all commission sales to managing teams, recruiting people. Um, consulting with with larger companies and, and on and on and on until I kind of just said, hey, I'm, I'm a sales trainer. That's what I am. So I've been doing it for close to 20 years now. Um, and, and about two years ago, uh, I made the switch from sales training in the corporate world and in that environment to almost entirely uh, real estate, uh, especially the, the real estate investment space. So the way that happened was I was working with the call center who... Um, they catered towards real estate agents and investors. They, they produced leads for them. Um, and I did some script rewrites for them. And they called an investor. The investor said, um, hey, things have changed. I like what you're doing. What the heck's going on? And they said, we're using this sales guy. Um, I got introduced to him. His name's Will Danker down in Houston. And um, he said, hey, can you train my sales guy? So that's, that's where the transition actually took place. Um, from there, uh, Will's in a, in a, a group, uh, a mastermind group, um, called Collective Genius. And it's just a large collection of real estate investors from across the country. And he started telling people in, in Collective Genius that, um, you know, I'm using this guy, we're getting good results. Fast forward about three months later, I had 50 or 60 clients in the real estate space. Nice. Or uh, two years to today, it's, you know, we probably trained four or 450 people in that space, probably close to 200 or 250 individual companies. And, um, and there's been a lot of transition there, kind of transitioning from the corporate type of sale to concentrating on what does this, what, what do acquisitions really look like in this real estate space? What are the challenges? Uh, what are the scripting? What are the steps? How do we, how do we really turn the knobs and, and flip the levers to get the best out of each one of those acquisition appointments? So uh, in a nutshell, that's kind of where I started and, and how I got here. Sure. Well, tell us more about your company. Um, like, what what drives it? What what drives you every day? What makes you take that step? Because it's like, and I I've hear that I hear this from a lot of people. Like this two year point, like they started at one point and all of a sudden, boom, they hit like, you know, you went from zero to fifty to now you're you're like talking to thousands of people. I mean, and not only not only the people that are actually signed up with you, but just people you like just that watch your videos. I know we have our acquisitions people watching your videos, yeah. so yeah. So well, great success. Tell us more about your <laughs> so, company. Yeah. So, you know, when the company started, um, it was a whole different model. I did, I did one, 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 one training really. So I go work with 
uh, different, different corporate entities, IT companies, manufacturing firms, um, larger, larger corporations. And I do training with their sales team for an hour a week. And so it was that one-on-one -on -one type of thing. I did a lot locally. I traveled. I, I'd like to be in the boardroom when we did that training. So um, I did that for quite a while before I did that. I, I jumped into real estate. Uh, when I jumped into real estate, I realized um, that just wouldn't work anymore. I didn't have enough hours in the day. So I kind of started, my business started changing. It's constantly be, been shifting and changing, um, you know, the model and, and how we deliver the training and how we engage with our, our clients. Um, so that was the shift from the corporate into the, the real estate uh, training. And over the last two years, you know, it's just, it's just constantly tweaking what you do. I think the biggest thing I've learned running my own business, um, and, and I've got a few different ones now uh, that I run with the real estate training being uh, just one of them. One of the biggest lessons I think I've learned is you've got to constantly be flexible. Um, you know, there were points in my career where I just, I didn't get any traction. There was, there was, there was, no increase in sales. I just wasn't building anything. And I realized it was always because I got locked into one model or, or just one way of doing things. And I just put all my effort into making that model work instead of just listening to, listening to the market, right? The market will tell you, here's what we want. Here's how we want it delivered. Here's how you, you know, should deliver it. And instead of listening, I tried to force my way into everything. So as soon as I started becoming flexible, um, and never being locked into a certain way of doing things, I'd say that's where the business really started to, to grow leaps and bounds. Do you think sure. that's what sets you apart from like other sales trainers out there? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, every time we do a round of sales training, uh, we do a new class, it's a little different from the last one. So the material is a little different. The way we do deliver it's a little different. The structure of the courses, it's, it's constantly changing. And then even the way we deliver it, um, you know, uh, we started out online and then we started going out to customers around the country and spending two, three days with their sales team. Um, we're about to launch a new one where they, uh, you know, basically our training is 12 weeks long. And some people said, it's awesome, but it's too long. Can you just do it in like a day? So we're launching a new uh, format where salespeople come to me for about two days and we just basically knock it out in two days and send them back into the field ready to go. So... Um, there's been a ton of changes and it, it's going to continue changing, but, but that's where we get the, the traction. Sure. And you, know, you give us a lot to cover here. And uh, one, one particular thing that for a lot of people is not everybody is good at sales or even wants to be in sales, but however, you're putting in a place that if you, especially in real estate, that you find yourself as a salesperson. With some context you can give to the person out there who maybe just, just doesn't know how to, how to, how to sell, how to even take that first step to even be comfortable with the process when maybe they're, they're approached, uh, you know, in a home with a seller or it, would it be the context that you would say, well, if you're not good at sales, find somebody and hire somebody. And if that's the case, how would you find that person? What would you look for? Yeah. So number one, uh, you know, a lot of people believe that sales is this this very special kind of God-given ability. And some people have it and some people don't. But the reality of the situation is, while there are some people who are uh, a little naturally better adapted to a sales position, it's not magic. You don't have to have this special charisma or you know, this kind of intangible quality, quality to be good at sales. Um, really what makes a great salesperson, and this is kind of what you can ask yourself um, you know, while you're, if you're trying to trying to determine if you're a good salesperson or, or if you're hiring for the position. To be good, 
you just have to be really good at following a process. One, two, three, four. Uh, and that's it. Just being extremely disciplined in a process. Sales, like any, any other part of your business, it's a very logical, sequential process, right? So your accounting, you do a certain way. Uh, your HR, you probably handle a certain way. Your, your taxes and finances, all that's handled a specific way. And sales is the same. It, it's just a very logical, sequential order uh, that you do things. And there's some best practices you use. So if you can stick to that and not try to ad-lib constantly, you could be an excellent salesperson. Um, I'm not naturally a salesperson. I'm, I'm a hermit. Uh, I'm working from my home right now. I never, I never want to leave the place, right? I, I, I don't like large crowds or anything like that. But for 30 to 60 minutes at a time, I can follow a process and get, get pretty, pretty good results following that process. So um, I think that, that shift from a salesperson is a special human being who has these just innate qualities to uh, no, it's like any other part of the business that, that can be taught and be learned. And there are some people who, who could be taught easier, right? And, and who will learn a little quicker. But it doesn't mean they're salespeople and non-salespeople. Great. And wow. in regards to just the sales process itself, specifically with real estate, what makes selling in real estate different from other uh, forms of selling? And uh, what are some of the pitfalls that people come across when they're, when they're just trying to get out there, whether or not be the hard sell or just trying to take steps? What are some steps that maybe we can help the listeners start the process and then things to watch out for that, that are traps? Right. So probably the biggest thing I see is people try to make the sale all about logic. This is, this is not a logical sale. Um, to sell your house for a fraction uh, of what you possibly could sell it for, if you took another avenue, that's, that's not a logical sale. It's, it's a very emotional sale. And um, not to say that, that it's wrong, right? It, in many cases, this is the best option for people. Um, but you have to realize where the value is. And most people... Uh, the, the salespeople who, who don't get it right, who struggle, they try to make the sale entirely logical. And I'll, I'll kind of explain what I mean. So they, they lean heavily on facts, figures, numbers, comps, and they try to basically make an argument that this is a really good deal financially, right? Um, that this is the best way to go. And, and they fall on their face because the reason people do business with companies like, like ours and yours is, is not because the numbers make sense. It's just because... It's a, it's a good option when you look at the decision holistically, right? The value is not in what we pay. The value is in how quickly you pay, the way you can structure deals, all the other issues around selling a house um, that, that are a pain in the butt to deal with that we can help people out with. That's the value, right? So when you concentrate, uh, instead of on the facts, figures, and numbers, the, the logics of it, when you concentrate on what am I here to help you with, right? What are the challenges? Let's pretend you do decide to sell. Let's pretend you love my numbers. What's going to get in the way, right? What are you worried about? And when you start attacking all those things, you get to the end of the sales call and people say, yeah, you know, I probably could get 10 or 20K more somewhere else, but this is best for me because, right? And, and so I think that's where salespeople get it wrong is, is leaning too, too much on, on the logical piece of it. While, while it does need to make sense, right, to a certain point, and not getting into why would you do business with me? How can I help you beyond just giving you a check? Got it. Wow. That's great. That's great. Gosh, you, I'm so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm and, taking notes. And so you're talking sales calls here. How would you delineate or what would be some tips for, for listeners if they, they were actually calling a prospective 
client instead of actually being in the presence of a prospective homeowner that you may be trying to make the sale? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the exact same conversation. I would argue that it's much easier to do face to face because you can, you can read body language. Um, you can show specific, uh, body language. Um, they, they give you more time and attention, but over the phone, it's the same conversation. And, and the big recommendation I'd make is get money off the table immediately because that's not where the sale's going to be made. So the, the way, if I'm on the phone, the way I like to start those conversations is exactly like this. Hey, listen, Mr. Mrs. Home Seller, um, the money piece of this, I know that's what you're most interested in and I'm going to be able to get you an offer down to the penny that you can take or leave. But honestly, that's the easiest part of this, this whole conversation, the whole transaction. Uh, my offers are always good. They're fair. They're usually the highest, if not right up there with the highest offers you'll get. So I'm not worried about the money. You know, what I am worried about is even when I make an offer and you say, that makes sense, let's go for it. There's usually two or three or four other things that make you selling me your house, even if you want to sell it and I want to buy it, really, really hard. Things like, where am I going to go? How am I going to pack up? Do I have money to go somewhere? Um, what am I going to do with the relatives who want the house or the other, the real estate agent, uh, you know, family member that's hounding me uh, to list through her that I don't want to deal with? Uh, what do I do with tenants, right? All those types of things are what get in the way. So the money's the easy part. Let's table that for a second and figure out all that other stuff. So that's how I like to set up a sales call. So we get the money out of the way and we dive in to find out where can we add value. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anybody that's listening to this right now, yeah. I want you to stop this, rewind it about three minutes or so, yeah. and listen to all that one more time. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, because those that, that just kills the flow. And I've been there before where I've been on the opposite side. You, you, have, you have something, everything's looking good, and all of a sudden they, you know, they have that epiphany like, well, we have tenants in there. What, what do we do with the tenants? Or, you know, man, I got a ton of stuff. How am I, how am I going to get out of here in this kind of time frame it works? And that just kills the rhythm, kills the flow, and it, and it definitely um, disrupts the entire process. So putting it on a table on the front side, that, that's an amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And what's even worse is not that it kills the flow, is if they don't bring it up, right? Yeah, yeah sure. It's good. Let me run it by this person or give me a night to sleep on it. They never air that out with you, and that kills the deal, and you don't even know what happened. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, or you're yep. under contract, you're about to close and all of a sudden like that one thing comes up and you're like, why didn't you say something at the beginning? Well, you never asked. Uh, right. And then <laughs> feels dead because yeah. you never like asked them to put everything out on the table. Wow. It's like, it shouldn't, this shouldn't be that mind blowing, but it kind of is. <laughs> and I, I know, um, I remember hearing that you actually put, your own performance to uh to the fire by didn't you go out and actually prove or prove your concept or, or I, I would say quote unquote uh use your approach and just show how it actually does work even though your 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 trading program is is targeted for real estate investors and get me if I'm wrong here but you're not actually looking to be that real estate investor at this time right and you so you took the process and put in the implement it yourself just to show how the yeah. process can actually work. Yeah, I mean, I bought a lot of houses at this point, um, not ever meaning to be in the real estate business, but yeah. we started marketing local so we could go in and I could buy houses and record those sales calls for our training. And then, you know, flying across the country, what I do is I say, okay, throw your salespeople in the car with me. Um, we'll go hit an appointment. I want to watch them and see what they do. And then I'm going to run an appointment and I'll, I'll close a deal or two and I want them to watch me. 
Um, so that's how we do, you know, kind of our, our boots on the ground training. So yeah, I mean, we, we put it to the test and it's, it's been tested not just in real estate, but in about 50 other industries. Um, our biggest sale to date that we, that I've personally been involved in is, is a quarter of a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, we are a really large, um, uh, internet company. We all, we all know. Uh, and then, you know, everything below that down to a $49 sale. So the process is proven and it's not really a sales process. It's more about communication. What we teach is how do people make decisions? And what we, once we understand how people make decisions, we can think of, all right, how do we simply walk them through that decision, right? Why would they say yes? And what's all this, the junk that would get in the way from them of, of taking action? Once you understand that, you can apply it to, to basically anything in life. Wow. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of times, and I've been guilty of it too, you, you're so worried about what your result can be and that if you find out really putting all your focus on the other party and how you can help them and how you can find value in both ways, that's where it's really come up with. And, uh, we've had our acquisition guys and we, we go through your process and go through your, uh, training program. And, uh, we've made it very apparent that when you get out there, you know, talk to them and it's got to work for everybody and if it works for everybody. Then we're always going to have a win. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Just, you know, we give it our best shot as I think you put in some of your videos. And the great thing is like after watching a few of your videos, we've actually put your videos to the test. We've like completely like switched our mindset and we've gotten, (laughs) yeah. And this, uh, like past week we had two, two into contract, one in Jersey city and one in, uh, one in, what was it? Union in New Jersey. So Hey, everybody that's listening, it works. Yep, and it's a win-win. <laughs> and in the uh, the situation is one for, for both sides. It's helping out some people who uh, who were in a position that they didn't they, they needed to get out. They didn't know what was that out, and we figured out the solution. And now it's a great deal for everyone. Awesome, yeah, awesome, important. So wow, wow, we're good. Well, we really appreciate you uh, laying that out there. In terms of just what as in quote unquote, you'll say that we would consider you an expert in the field. If people are looking to take these, take these small steps to, uh, to start learning about, uh, sales or is there some books that you like to like to read or some things out there that you like to people to give more and it doesn't even have to be real estate focused or is there something out there that's great literature that, that you love to read that you really think captures the helping strategy of selling? Yeah. So, um, one great book is been selling by Neil Rackham. Uh, Neil did a study of 35,000 sales calls over the course of 12 years and broke down every sales call, every question that was asked, how it was asked, in what order. And really, from a scientific perspective, found out what are the, the best salespeople in the world doing that the average salespeople aren't. So that is uh, you know, a, a great book to learn, not just you know, most sales training books and processes for the last 60 or 100 years have been hey, this worked for this one sales guy and he's really good, so why don't you try to mimic it? Yeah. What, what spin selling does is breaks, it breaks down the science of it. And you can see step by step, here is what actually works in, in any sales scenario. Um, so I, I highly recommend that book. The, the information is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, for real estate-focused stuff, um, I put a lot of stuff out there for free. So uh, on my website or on YouTube, you can find... Uh, a, a ton of free videos. I try to make them and put them out there all the time. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to uh, pay for anything. It's, it's just out there. So um, I recommend those two. What would be the link to that? 
Uh, MidwestRev.com. So MidwestREV.com is my website. There's probably a link there for free training or, or something to that effect on the site. Yeah, he actually uh, has a 21-day free training program. Like for 21 days each day, have your acquisitions guys, yeah. you watch it, everybody just watch this. I mean, it could it, it spans real estate, it spans all sorts of uh, sales avenues. Um, yeah, so those are the videos. Yeah, go. We, those are the videos we put out there. So on my website, you don't have to wait the 21 days anymore. You can just click through and watch as many as you want for whatever you want to watch. Awesome. Yep, and the first one alone is uh, is worth watching again. So for sure, <laughs> for sure, so, it's great. So, John, where do you see your business in five years? Uh, well, really, um, I, I love the sales training space. Um, it's really tough to say in five years because it's taken so many twists and turns. I know you need a goal. Um, but it's tough. You know, uh, I got into real estate. I never expected to get into real estate, right? Uh, two years ago, if you said I'd be buying houses, I'd say, no way do I want to do that. I have no <laughs> I'm doing it, right? We, we launched a call center six months ago. I had no, I never wanted to get into the call center space, no. right? No desire at all, but there was a need, right? I, I was training these, these inside salespeople and virtual assistants who take these calls over and over again, and companies had turnover, and, and some people weren't good, or they were really good, but they didn't work 24 hours a day, and they couldn't afford to buy, you know, get two or three of those people. So it, it's wherever the need takes me. It's that, you know, as we started this conversation out, that was, that was my big aha moment in business is stop trying to force it and, and to get somewhere. If you just sit back and open your eyes, the market will say, there's a massive need here. And if you can fill that somehow, you, you will, uh, you know, just, uh, make tremendous progress very quickly. I love yeah. that goal. Yeah, Go where right. the need takes you. The, value add. Yeah, it, it, it is a consistent point, right? You, you, you set your goals, but you have to be able to, to course correct. If you find that your goal is, you know, sometimes you don't just have to just keep beating through the wall just to try and reach a goal. And uh, that's great. Great for you. And in, in regards to real estate itself, I, what what is some fail, what is a failure that stands out and uh, how how did it help you progress? Uh, a personal failure that stood out and how did it help me progress? Um, or real estate based or 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 whatever would be a point of context. You know, we all have, we all have, uh, learning points and lots of times we have people on the podcast and and people are you know they're finding success and so for a lot of people who are just starting out we want them to understand that it's not just all success out of the gate there's a lot of different failures that everyone has out there it's okay to fail and uh we we find just in a lot of conversations the reason people do not start is because they're so afraid about something happening wrong <laughs> okay so that's great thank you for, for some context around it so number one failure is going to happen it, it's it's just going to happen you know uh, we did really, really well this year, but there was also a ton of failures, right? In our marketing, uh, we had a couple of business ventures that lost between 10 and 40K each. Uh, you know, we, we tested some stuff and we fell on our faces and, and we learned from it. Um, so number one, you can't be afraid of failure because it is part of the learning process. I'd say one of the big um, failure points for me in, in my business was trying to own everything, take on everything and, and fail to play to my strengths and delegate the rest or, or to outsource the rest. Um, every time I have a tendency to do that, every time I do it, I work my butt off. I'm so stressed out. I make zero progress because I'm trying to become an expert at everything um, from the technology to the marketing to, to just 
whatever's out there that I need to tackle. And whenever I do that, it, it just leads to stress, a lot of time, zero traction. So um, biggest failure for me is, is probably making that same mistake two or three times. Sure. Um, getting extremely stressed out until I just realized, you know, I'm not good at that. Let's find someone who is and pay them to do it or, or leverage some type of relationship. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're speaking to a couple of, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like-minded yeah. individuals every time, every time either of us is stressed, we realize it's exactly that we're trying to take on too much. And most of it is stuff that we really shouldn't be doing anyway. And yeah. we've spent a ton of time now just trying to find people to fill those spots that we're not there either. Even if we are good at them, that just having someone else who can come on and take on that position, allow us to focus on the bigger picture of the business. And, uh, Slowly learning that we got a lot of work to do, but slowly learning that. And uh, I did forget one question though: the uh, if your team is building, as a lot of people on here are, and maybe they're a one-man show and they're doing all facets out there, and they realize that part of it is that they're picking up the phone, they're running the appointments, you're trying to get the contracts, trying to do the rehab. If someone is looking to bring a team member on, maybe a salesperson or an acquisition person, if you were bringing on that person, what would you be looking for? Yeah, uh, number one, hustle and drive. Uh, the best salespeople I've, I've ever hired, um, they didn't have a huge track record of success, right? 20 years under their belt of, of success. Um, none of that. They just had hustle and drive. That, that's what I look for, number one. So the last acquisition agent I hired, um, just put some context around this. He was 24 years old, never, has no idea about real estate. I, I met him when I was purchasing a vehicle. Um, he was our, our finance guy. Um, I'm in the middle of the country and in, in the center of the country, um, you know, it's, it's really not as diverse as the East and West Coast. So just a lot of, it's a slow pace. There, there's, um, people aren't as open-minded, right? Uh, just because it's, it's the environment. And uh, the gentleman I hired is from India, very thick accent, right? And as I was hiring him, everyone said he has, he's 24 years old for one thing. He, so what does he know? He, he's got a huge accent. So even though he's a brilliant guy, he's got the card stacked against him in a lot of these homes he's going to walk into. Um, but I hired him. And I think his first month on the job, he, he killed like it was 12 or 17 contracts. And I got a text from him. I think it was, uh, I, I was out of town over the weekend. And it's, hey, boss, close three more deals over the last two days. It's that drive. The rest can be taught. Sales process can be taught. But he has the drive and, and, and beyond the drive, the discipline, right? What he was taught, he says, this is uncomfortable. This is never the way I've done things before, John. But if you say that's the way to do it, that's the way I'll do it and I'll stick to it. And, and between the drive and the discipline, he's killing it, right? Wow. That's, that's what I look for. Awesome. Awesome. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank wow. you. All right. Um, so we like to ask this question of uh, all of our guests so far because I'm, I'm big on it. Describe your mornings. How do you wake up every morning? Do you have a, yeah. uh, what, like, do you have a, I guess, a, like a rituals, ritual yeah, processes, process. or things that, that you really like to just jumpstart your day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been the same for probably 20 plus years now, I guess, since, uh, yeah, about 20 years now. Wow. Um, I'm up between, depending on what I've got going on for the day, I get up between about three and four o'clock. Um, I have kind of a, a shake. I hit the gym. I spend about an hour, hour and a half in the gym. I come home at that point, my wife and my kids are getting up and around. So I kind of, I just spend some time there with my wife and my kids. Um, 
for about the next hour. At this point, it's, I don't know, about seven to eight o'clock. And when my wife takes the kids to, to school and daycare, I jump in the shower, she comes home, we kind of start our day together. I mean, I, I live where I work and I work where I live. So uh, then I spend the day basically, uh, if I'm home, uh, in this room for a few hours, knocking some stuff out, doing a couple trainings, and, and, and that's it. But the day is always the same. Up early, hit the gym to get the day started, a little bit of family time before they're off for the day and before work actually starts. What time do you get yourself in bed at night if you're getting up at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, so I go to bed when the kids go to bed. So it's like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Yeah. We put them down and my wife and I just pass out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Good what we need you. to start doing. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we get up early. Not that early, but we get up early. But uh, one of our downfalls is uh, we, we get the kids in bed and then we're up for a little bit. And uh, I know that adds to, <laughs> adds to our, our, our moments of uh, trying to figure out when we can get up. But definitely amazing. And uh, so- I know you already told us this, but uh, let's repeat it for our for our listeners up there. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, Midwest Rev. So that's Midwest Revenue Group is the name of my company. So MidwestREV.com is our website. Um, I've got a YouTube channel out there where I'm, I'm constantly posting videos and stuff. But uh, those are the two best places to find me. Great, great. And then... Lastly, we always love to go out with... Uh... What are some words to live by? Yeah. Some words to live by. Um, I actually, I, I've got some. So um, one of the most uh, impactful books I read was, was Richard Branson's Screw It, Just Do It. And I adopted that. And whenever I had a really tough decision, that kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Hey, I can do this, but if I fail, what does that look like? Those decisions used to stop me, Right. And once I, I read that book and I adopted the philosophy of screw it, just do it, you know, see what happens. Uh, I mean, I would literally say that in my head when I had a big decision to make. And, and that has had more positive impact on, on my life and my career than probably anything else. So screw it, just do it. Um, and if you haven't read the book, you need to read the book. It's amazing. It's next on my list. I think uh, someone said Richard Branson has about 450 businesses or 400 something businesses. And uh, so, so you, you love to see people who uh, are putting out information and following their own uh, advice. And uh, that's incredible. Yeah. And there's lots of times I, I, I know that position. Just like, what's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> Me not sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a billionaire and he works from home, right? So uh, I figure if he can do it and build, I guess, 450 companies, uh, some of them multi-billion dollar companies, then, then I could run my little show for my home too. That's incredible. <laughs> well, thank you so much, John. Thank, thank you. you so, yeah. so much for being here. Um, so grateful for you. So grateful for all your videos, for all the yeah. help that you've given Jason and I. And if you haven't, check out his website, check out his videos. Uh, even if you don't deem yourself a salesperson, as we said on here, you, you want to resist the idea. It just, you'll, you'll have a whole new philosophy and a whole new take on what is generally classified as, as the salesperson in a lot of, uh, a lot of different contexts. So watch it. You, you definitely, even if real estate's not even, you're not even sure about real estate, that this will give you an understanding about, uh, how to treat people, how to talk to people and how finding a solution is a, is a big part of life. So thank you, John. It's been great. Thank you, guys. Thank you yeah. so much. So this is Jason and Peely with the REI Foundation podcast with uh, John Martinez. Thank you again, John. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Hi, everybody. Peely here from the REI Foundation podcast. 
Looking to rev up your wholesaling or house flipping business? Go now to houseflippinghq.com. Jason and I are part of a house flipping family, a community created by Justin Williams. Would we be where we are without him and without his community and his mentors? Probably not. Justin and his team basically handed us personalized shortcuts and exact strategies that have made us explode in today's market. So if you're looking to take the next step, go to houseflippinghq.com right now. Again, this is Peely from the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we are so grateful for you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.